This is Tech Guide with Stephen Fennec, the podcast that keeps you updated and educated. Hello and welcome to Tech Guide episode 495. Thanks for listening once again. Great to have your company on the show. This is Stephen Fennec. I'm the editor of techguide.com.au. On this week's show, Apple has revealed a green manufacturing process to create the iPhone SE. Navman has released its latest range of dash cams and Shazam! adds a new feature to help you find concert tickets. In the Tech Guide reviews, we're going to take a look at Sony LinkBuds. They're quite unusual earphones. We take the Microsoft Surface Laptop Studio for a spin, and Bose has launched its Smart Soundbar 900. And we'll answer all of your tech questions in the Tech Guide help desk. And it's all brought to you by Netgear, the company that keeps you connected, and Norton, the company that keeps you protected. Now, we all know uh, Apple has pretty solid credentials uh, in terms of their environmental approach, their their use of renewable energy. Uh, I, I understand every office and store in the world of Apple's, Apple store, Apple office in the world, are all pow- solar-powered. So they, uh, they created it. They're powered by renewable energy. Uh, they're pretty pretty uh, vocal in terms of what's uh, their products themselves and how they're made from recycled materials and the products themselves, once they're end of life, can also be completely recycled. So with that in mind, Apple has gone a step further and come up with a – well, what they haven't come up with it. They've, they've kind of sponsored this process. What they've done is – that through their investment in green bonds, so that's that's created like an investment pool for this for technology to be developed. Part of that development is this new process to create aluminium with without any carbon emissions. Now that that's that might not sound like much, but that's actually pretty hard to do when you consider. The process of creating aluminium is called smelting, and it's a really high-temperature process and normally creates a lot of carbon. So through their investments, through their green bonds, Apple has has helped a company called Alysis to create an emission-free aluminium. And what Apple intends to do with this aluminium is manufacture the iPhone SE, with that, so iPhone SE will be manufactured with aluminium created without any direct carbon emissions. So that's again Apple reducing its carbon footprint. It's a really interesting process. Of there's images on Tech Guide for you to take a look at, and there are the images show all these uh, the of aluminium ingots. So they're they're created without any direct greenhouse gas emissions during the smelting process. Uh, so this is a, this is a pretty this is a breakthrough for for the company here, uh, Alysis, the company uh, that the behind this process. There are images there also showing that uh, they use a type of reactor, and it delivers the ingot uh, in this casting process. Uh, but again, without releasing uh, any carbon, and 
the the container that the aluminium is poured into is called a crucible, and again, no carbon emissions. So this is, uh, I think anyone in the in the in metallurgy will be thinking, wow, that's pretty good. It's kind of like running the four minute mile if you're a, if you're to give you a sporting reference. So this is a, a pretty big deal. So Apple has confirmed that, yes, the aluminium it's producing using this Alyssa's carbon-free smelting technology will be, could be very well, you buy an iPhone SE, it's probably created with this carbon-free aluminium. Uh, Apple's carbon emissions associated with aluminium have dropped by almost 70% since 2015. And now every iPad in the range, including the recent iPad Air, along with the MacBook Pro, MacBook Air, Mac Mini, Apple Watch, are all made from 100% recycled aluminium enclosures. So they're rather than creating new aluminium, they are using recycled aluminium to create all those products. But with this process, they can make new aluminium for the iPhone SE, but it's not producing any carbon. So it's... Uh, as good as using recycled aluminium, I guess. Same effect on the environment, no carbon. That's the bottom line. If you want to take a closer look at that and those images, you can check that out at techguide.com.au. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Fennec. Now, Easter is just around the corner and Navman has launched its latest range of dash cams just in time for those driving holidays. Dash cams, I think, have become... One of those necessary products, I think. It's one of those things that you just should have in your car. Just like I think everyone's got Bluetooth in their car. Uh, they, a lot of them have built-in GPS in their car. And I think a dash cam is kind of following that same path because you think about it, the uh, having a dash cam can really help if uh, they will – it could literally be your eyes and ears on the road so they can see, hear, and record stuff that happens on the road. So if there is ever an incident, you have your side of the story through the dash cam and that can then be presented to an insurance for an insurance claim to the police if necessary. And these clips from these new navmans and all dash cams, they have a GPS embedded in it so you can see exactly where the incident occurred. They also have thing information like the direction of travel, uh, the speed, current speed. So all that information is captured f uh, on the dash cam. And the new Navman range, there's three in the range, the MyView 770 Safety, there's the MyView 900 DC, and the MyView 1200 Sensor XL DC. Now the 770 Safety, that's $229, bucks. he has got a 2.7-inch LCD screen and has things like uh, alerts for speed and red light cameras, school zones, accident black spots. Records in full high def as well. So uh, the 1080p recording does also include precise precise GPS location, speed, direction of impact, all those, all that information. And it's easier to share the footage from the device to your phone via Wi-Fi. So if you need to share it, you can do that. There's also advanced driver assistance systems on board as well. So they do have one thing like a lane uh, warning where if you sort of are, are moving out of your lane, it'll give you a warning. The other feature that I think a lot of people will be interested in, especially with the current price of fuel, is the Eco Drive feature, which measures the measures the fuel efficiency of your driving. So it can tell you that you're not driving very economically. Uh, 
Moving on to the MyView 900DC, the, the 770 safety is 229, the MyView 900DC is 299, and this one includes a rear camera. So you've got a front and rear camera. It records front and back in full HD at 30 frames per second. Now, this is important because, according to Navman, most road accidents are nose to tail, so rear-enders. So here is, uh, with a rear camera, you can record it in full high definition. The front camera also has the premium Starvis ultra-low light sensor. So this means you're getting crisp video even when you're driving in, in at night, through dark streets or in car parks, it can still make out those details. And with the addition of a $79 smart box, you can also have parking mode. So you can record any motion or impact even when your vehicle is parked and the engine is switched off. So this is really handy if you happen to be in a car park. A lot of accidents and, and, and cars hitting other cars occur in car parks. And not everyone leaves a note, unfortunately. So having this accessory means that if someone does back into your car or hit your car in any way, you have video evidence, and thanks to that full HD, how in that kind of detail, you can easily make out a number plate, report them to the police, or give it to your insurance company. Uh, so that that person, if they don't need leave a note, will uh, will be will be caught. The MyView twelve hundred sensor XLDC four hundred and seventy nine bucks. This is this sort of takes it up to the another level. The front camera has an even bigger sensor to let even more light. Records high def video at sixty frames per second. That's important because at that frame rate, you can smoothly film fast moving objects. So there's the less blur if an object's moving fast across the screen, and you might have to make out a number plate of a car that's moving. That helps here. The rear camera also has the premium Starvis sensor as well. And uh, for an added layer of protection, the Sensor XL DC records on two channels. So it comes with a 32 gig endurance micro SD card. So if, if one stuffs up, you've got another channel. So you, you, you are recording. And how dash cams work, they have a, they've got the memory card, of course, and they just record in a loop. If there's nothing to keep, it'll just keep recording. If the sensors do detect a sudden impact, or heavy braking, that footage is then put into a little folder for later, so for you to review, uh, and th so that's left there. But if, if nothing happens, it just keeps recording. So it records to the end of the of the end of the card, and then goes over it and starts recording again. If nothing happens, if something does happen, sensors do put that in its own little library. Navman says, and I agree with this. Not having a dash cam is a little bit like driving without a seatbelt or without a spare tyre. You think about it. These are these things that you just have and you think nothing about them. But if you get into an accident, you'll think, oh, geez, I'm glad I was wearing my seatbelt. Or if you get a flat tyre, oh, I'm glad I had a spare tyre. If you look in, in the unlikely event there's an incident on the road, then having a dash cam is your backup. It, it, allow, it tells the story. Um, I did have an interesting call on the on the radio over the weekend when we were talking about this, and someone asked, "Look, can you delete video if you if the accident was your fault?" And I said, "Well, of course you can. You can delete anything, but what about if the other person's got a dash cam and they've got their video? So it's look, it's it's a, a bit of a standoff there, but." That aside, the Navman range, they're going to go on sale in early April, and that's just around the corner, and just in time for your Easter break. If you are thinking of hitting the road, 
maybe give the Navman range a try. If you want to read more about the Navman dash cams, you can check that out at techguide.com.au. Now, you know an app is really popular when you the act of doing something is the name of that app. I'll give you an example. If you want to find the name of a song, then a lot of people might say, well, Shazam it. So that means open the Shazam app, hit the, hit the, the symbol, and it'll be listening out for the song so it can tell you what the song is. I'm sure there's plenty. I've done this heaps of times where I've heard a song. That's a great song. You hit the Shazam button, and suddenly, it after a few seconds, it knows exactly what the song is, who who the 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 title and artist, and then gives you links to buy the song or the album or wherever service is streaming it. That's how good the Shazam app is. Well, it's taking another step with uh, the app, and that other step is the ability to find concert tickets to your favourite artists just as easily as finding out the name of a song. So now, if a user shazams a song, and that, it, is the, it is the verb, if you shazam a song, it means you're, you're using the app. So when you shazam a song, it'll conduct the search and give you the, the, all the music that you're looking for, but it'll tell you if there are the, the dates and times and locations of upcoming live shows for that artist. Now, I think this is a really good way of finding out where concerts are. Like, I, I've I've been lucky enough to be in certain places around the world, and it just so happened to be that a favourite band of mine was playing. A, a recent example I'll tell you is, I think back in 2015 or 16, Empire of the Sun was playing in San Francisco, and I was there. I attended an Apple launch event in San Francisco, and I was going to be there for a few days after, and it just so happened that uh, Empire of the Sun were the lead act in the very same venue where Apple had their launch event. So I thought, how good's this? So I bought tickets, and in fact, the support act for Empire of the Sun that night was Saint Lucia, another band that I only heard for the first time that night, and they've also become a favourite band as well. So this discovery is part of the deal here, and if you are shazamming, a, a favorite song or an artist, uh, you know, you'll probably know the name of the song. You hear a good song, but that the the added feature of Shazam is being able to find that concert information. So if you are happen to be playing your favorite music, you never know, Shazam it, and you might you'll find out whether they are performing near you, or if you're traveling, there might be something in town that's of interest as well. But it's just uh, another another club in the bag for the Shazam app. So not only will it tell you the name of the song and link it to a BU to buy the song or stream the song or find the service where the song's available, but now you may end up buying tickets and seeing that band live. And that's what it's all about. We're getting, heading back out into the world again. Live shows are, are, become, are coming back. And uh, this, this feature's come out just in time for us to get out and enjoy our favourite bands live. You want to find out more about the Shazam feature? There's some screenshots there so you can see what it looks like. You can check that out for yourself at techguide.com.au. Keeping you updated and educated. Tech Guide with Stephen Fennec. The Tech Guide podcast is proudly supported by Netgear, they're Australia's number one Wi Fi brand. 
Is your Wi-Fi struggling to keep up with your streaming, work, gaming, video calling and more? And what happens if you're doing all of that at once? When you're connected to your world by Wi-Fi, be sure it's the best. Bring your Wi-Fi up to speed with Orbi Wi-Fi 6 from Netgear. Orbi Wi-Fi 6 is the best and latest in Wi-Fi. It covers your entire home with the fastest Wi-Fi for uninterrupted streaming, video calling and working and learning from home on more devices than ever before in any part of the house. It's Wi-Fi perfectly engineered. Are you ready for the best Wi-Fi ever? Find out more at netgear.com.au slash best Wi-Fi. And now, a Tech Guide review with Stephen Fennick. First up, in the reviews, we're talking about the Sony Link Buds. Now, these are earphones. We announced them, I think, a couple of months ago when we first heard about them. And we have got them in our hands. And I've got to say, they are surprising in a number of ways. First thing I'll say is how small they are. I couldn't believe how how small the charging case is. Each of the earphones are quite small as well. Now, a little bit of background here. These Link Buds look nothing like a regular pair of earphones. They don't have a silicon tip. You don't stick them in your ear. They look nothing like a regular pair of earbuds. Now, instead of having a silicon tip, what the Sony Link Buds do have is a small ring. Now, the ring is actually where the the diaphragm and the driver for the the earphone is located, and just uh, like just beside this ring, attached to it at an angle, is a small dome where the battery and the circuitry of the earphones are located. Now, on on the dome too is a small plastic wing. That, that allows you to get a better grip when you're trying to fit the earphones. Now, that was the biggest challenge I found was finding the right fit for these earphones. And it took a little while, uh, unlike a regular pair of earphones where what helps keep them in place is the fact that they're kind of inside your ear canal and twisting them in that creates this lock, this locking mechanism. But with the link buds, they don't actually sit in your ear. They sit on your ear. So inside the, the, sp- the space of your ear, just above your ear canal, is an area that once these are inserted, or I found for me, for the review, I had to turn, I had to put them in and twist them up to, so that the, the little plastic wing tip and the bottom of the ring is, is, is locked into place. And there were a few times where it just fell out. I, I couldn't explain. It sort of just it sort of popped loose a couple of times. So this I've had these for over a week, and they've popped out of my ears probably three times. And luckily, I, I could feel them coming out, but I, I was able to secure them and lock them into place. By now, I know exactly how far in and how much I have to twist it. So I think any anyone looking to buy these. Just know that they will fit, no doubt about it. Sony says they've got ear data, ear shape data going back to 1982. So they've done their homework on, on how this will fit. It will fit. It's just it's going to take you a little bit of time. It might take you no time. 
for me, it took a bit of time to discover the best way to position these in my ears. So uh, I had to fit them and wedge them inside and had to make sure the ring was positioned correctly and I got the hang of it. I, now I know exactly how far in and how much I have to twist it so I, I find the sweet spot. Uh, you may have better trouble, you may have better luck or more less luck, but they will fit. So be patient. I, I, I think that... It's, it's not quite a deal breaker that these don't fit straight away. A lot of people it will. But for those who doesn't stick with it, you will find a way for these to fit. They are designed to fit everybody. So it depends on the angle you've got it at. Because they're so unusual, they're so different, it does take a little bit of getting used to. But I have mastered it. It does fit well and is comfortable and is so light, I forget they're even in my ears. That's the other advantage. I'd mentioned how small they are. The charging case is, I think, the smallest charging case I've ever seen for wireless earphones. So there's no risk. You can carry this in your pocket. You won't even know they're there. The earphones themselves, also small. You've got to remember, these have to fit across your ear, not in your ear. So they can't be massive. Otherwise, they won't fit in your ear. So from, from one point across to the other, they have to be small enough to sit in that little space outside your ear canal and twist into place and be, and be secure. Uh, and these are also because there's the ring that is what uh, you, you th- that's what provides the audio transparency. So these are open earphones, which means that you are going to hear outside noise if there is some to be heard. You will uh, other people may hear what you're say you're sitting next to someone on a bus or a train and you're playing your music at a decent volume. They may also be hearing what you're hearing as well. Uh, so that's the idea of the open. So these are not noise cancelling earphones. If you want noise cancelling. These are not the earphones for you. Noise cancelling can just block out the outside world and let it back in again with transparency mode. These are like the transparency mode is permanently on. So you can you can hear things from, from the outside, which is good. I think uh, I wear these when I'm walking or exercising. So I need I, I want to hear traffic around me. I want to hear things that are going on around me. Having the noise cancellation uh, in busy areas is uh, could, could prevent you hearing things that you need to hear. So in that case, these are the open variety. Now, having said that, they do not in one way, in one, not a bit, affect the audio quality. Audio quality, as you would expect from a Sony pair of earphones, is exceptional. Uh, Sony does have on board here their technology, their upscaling technology. This is the their DSEE, which is their digital sound enhancement engine. They've got the V1 processor, which upscales your music, reproduces every detail with really true high fidelity. They sound incredible. Uh, and that's despite their open design. You can hear what's going on, but that doesn't really take over because, as I said in my review, you hear your content first and all that other stuff is outside. So it, it's not like it's it's competing for what you're listening to. That's kind of on the periphery, but still you can hear it. And if you focus on it, you can hear more of that outside noise, if you know what I mean. Uh, the details are excellent, really crisp, really uh, nice sound, as we expected nothing less from these Sony he- he- uh, earphones. The Sony Headphones Connect app also lets you take matters into your own hands too, so you can choose different presets, different equalizers, depending on whether you want to hear bright, mellow, relaxed, a treble boost, bass boost. If you're listening to vocals or uh, spoken word, there are also settings for that. Here's the other really cool thing about these earphones, and that is that the gesture controls 
don't require you to touch the earphones themselves. So you know, you know, normally you got to tap the actual outside of the earphone, double tap, triple tap, whatever it happens to be. Instead, with the link buds, you just touch the area of your head just in front of the link buds. So you're not touching the earbuds, but yet the area just in front of the earbuds on your skin. So you're tapping your head rather than the earphones. And you can set the double tap and triple tap to do what you need. So for us, for our review, we set the volume control for the, on the left one was for volume. So double tap was up, triple tap was volume down. On the right earphones, we set it for the uh, navigation control. So double tap meant forward, triple tap back. And you can set that within the app if you want to. So I think that's another bonus there because if you are, I mentioned earlier how how tenuous the 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 in the fit of these earphones. For those of you who haven't found the sweet spot yet, having to touch them again could you could you risk these falling out if you are touching them. Uh, this is I think a smart feature where you you just leave them alone once they're in. And if you do want to navigate, you're touching, you're tapping your head and not the actual earphones, which I think is a remarkable feature too. That's excellent feature. Battery-wise, the Link Buds have about five and a half hours of playback on a single charge. And the charging case, despite it being pretty small, gives you another 12 hours of playback too. That little case, and you'll see the picture of it in my hand and in my fingers there on, the, on our Tech Guide site. Check out the size of that. You'll get an idea of the scale. So all up, you're getting 17.5 hours uh, before you need to recharge. Uh, again, another good feature. And I think for being so small, uh, that's not bad having those sort uh, that sort of playback. Normally, larger earphones can obviously fit a larger battery, which means longer playback. So there is always a trade-off uh, in, in all of these things. Smaller earphones, less playback time, but still, I think five and a half hours, plenty of time. And, and you've got the little case in your pocket, so you can easily chuck them back in there and get another charge. The Link Buds priced at $299.95. They're going to be available from April, which is uh, from early next week. And there's a few colours you can get them in as well. But if you want to read all about it, you want to see the photos as well and read our complete review, you can check that out at techguide.com.au. Alrighty, let's move on to laptops, and we're talking about the Microsoft Surface Laptop Studio. Now, this is a laptop with a difference. Now, you can probably recall years ago, Microsoft uh, introduced the Studio, which was this massive desktop computer that had a screen that you could pull down to the desktop, sort of almost like an easel, like a draftsman's angled desk, and write and draw on the screen. Well, Imagine that has been brought to a laptop. So the screen on the Surface Laptop Studio actually has a hinge on the back middle section of, of the lid. So what this means is that you can pop open the bottom of the lid, pull the whole lid forward, and then you could have it so that the screen actually covers the keyboard. So if you're doing something like drawing or viewing, you don't need the keyboard. So you can pos position the screen at an angle, at a more comfortable position, and watch you watch your content, play games, use the touchscreen or draw with the pen, 
uh, without the need for you to have uh, without the keyboard. Uh, you can also continue to pull it completely forward and f- and push it down so that the screen completely covers the keyboard. So it's basically a tablet. And then when you're done, if you want to go back to laptop mode, you then push the screen back so that it hinges back and and locks in place. And then it appears again like a laptop. So you've got these various modes that allow you to get work done, write and draw, view content. So it's really ticks all the boxes, no matter what sort of user you are, this has you covered. Of course, it's running Windows 11. So that's a, a, a new the new operating system. I, I get asked, should I upgrade to Windows 11? Absolutely, you should upgrade to Windows 11. If your computer is telling you that there's an update, take it, get the update happening. Windows 11 is a nice improvement over Windows 10. But the device itself is really nicely designed. When in the open laptop position, it does look a lot like a MacBook Pro, I've got to say. The, uh, the, the color, the silver color that I had and the, the shape of the keyboard and trackpad and just that whole design, if I put a MacBook Pro next to this it'll uh, or a MacBook Air, you'll think, wow, these are similar. The device itself, though, is a little thicker than normal. It's, it's about, it's, you know, I think it's 1.8 centimeters uh, thick. Which is it's not too bad when you consider it. It's uh, it weighs one point eight two kilograms, which is not too bad. So both weight and thickness still pretty impressive, considering that you got this this really flexible screen uh, and and all these different modes you can put the computer into. I think that's still quite impressive. The screen is fourteen point four inches. It is the Pixel Sense Flow screen. So this is a display with a 120 hertz refresh rate, resolution of 2400 by 1600. So not quite 4K, but higher resolution than full HD. So really nice middle ground there. Uh, It does look terrific. Really nice, sharp, bright screen. It's got that nice 3 by 2 aspect ratio. So looking at, it's that nice sort of square to wide shape where looking at documents, looking at content, browsing web pages, it's a really nice shape. So you know you get some laptops with a really wide aspect ratio. So great for watching movies, but when you're scrolling a a web page, you're only getting like a a third of the view you'd normally get. But with this sort of slightly deeper, wider aspect ratio, I think it's perfect for games, watching movies, content, editing, all that sort of stuff. And having 120 hertz refresh rate, boy, does that improve things whenever you're watching content, playing games. Excellent. Uh, The six-row keyboard has some pretty nice layout, nice well-spaced keys, plenty of travel. Uh, So if you are doing a lot of typing, you can be quite productive. It's really nice size trackpad as well to navigate. Now, the Surface laptop that we had, the Laptop Studio, uh, came with 32 gig of RAM. It's available with 16 gig of RAM. It was uh, powered by the 11th gen Intel Core i7 processor. You can also get an i5 processor. Our unit also had one terabyte of SSD, that's solid state storage. You can configure it though from, you can have 256 or 512, one terabyte or even up to two terabytes of memory as well. Graphics wise, you've got the NVIDIA GeForce RTX 3050 laptop GPU. Uh, one of the best I hear. The four gig, that's good, with four gig GDDR6 GPU memory. So if you're a gamer, 
or even if you're doing editing and all sort of stuff, that graphics performance is really important and that will keep up with what you're doing. So if you're a, a video editor, you might be rendering things, 3D animation, this can handle it. And if you're an editor like Photoshop and stuff, it'll, it'll do that without breaking a sweat. Now, uh, the... Well, the, the chip on board, we had the i7, of course. So that's if you are looking to do those sorts of intensive tasks, then you would opt for the i7 over the i5. So yeah, even though you can get this configured with an i5, if you are, I'd spend a bit more and get the i7. That's what I'd do. Um, the, the computer has a full HD front camera as well. So how many video calls are we making nowadays? Even after COVID, I think a lot of people, have, it's just easier to have a Zoom call rather than having to go somewhere. So that, I don't mind doing that. Uh, and having a good HD front camera, you're looking pretty good. Uh, that same camera is used for the Windows Hello face authentication. I love this. Every time you open it, it has a little look at your face and it goes, hi, and it and opens up. You don't even remember your passcode. It just open the lid, unlock it, and you're ready to go. On the connectivity side, two USB-C ports uh, and with USB 4.0 Thunderbolt 4 compatibility, so you can connect uh, external hard drives and external monitors as well. There's also a headphone jack, and that's it. Um, would have been great to have a US 2.0 port or a memory card slot. Give me a memory card slot, Microsoft. Did not have one. I think uh, that's probably, yeah, it really, I, it, I took a few marks off it for that one. I reckon they could have done that pretty well. Uh, unfortunately, they didn't. Now, this also works, of course, with the Microsoft Slim Pen. Now, that's available separately, 189 bucks. Uh, really cool, though. It's got all these uh, layers of pressure and levels of pressure and really nice way for you to draw and sketch and write on the screen. Really responsive. And the beautiful thing about it, too, is that these pen uh, can magnetically attach below the front edge of the laptop. So not only are you charging it, but it's pairing it and keeping it and storing it as well. So it's there whenever you need it. That's really handy. And the, you'll notice that the lid, the uh, sorry, the laptop has a little a lip going all around the bottom of the laptop, and that helps too with the thermals as well. So it keeps everything cool. Not that we ever heard the fan kicking in. I don't think I, I really stretched it to any kind of effort there, but it is there. You know that it's not going to run hot if you do need to give it a crack. Uh, I think, look, the the computer itself could have used, like I said, could have used a little bit more in terms of the uh, in terms of the ports. Uh, no memory card slots. I reckon more ports, more memory card slots. It's not cheap either. I've got to say, it starts at two thousand three hundred and ninety nine bucks. Starts at that price. Um, the laptop that we had, so with the thirty two gig RAM, one terabyte memory, i seven. That's four thousand and forty-nine bucks, and that's not including the Microsoft Slim Pen one eighty-nine, and the Surface Mobile Mouse. I love to use a mouse with my laptop. That's another fifty-four ninety-five. Now, overall, look impressive machine. If you, it's great if you're a creator or you just want a device that gives you the versatility of watching stuff, writing, drawing, playing, consuming content. This is a great all-rounder. The Surface Laptop Studio. Check out our complete review at techguide.com.au. Bose has launched its new Smart Soundbar 900. 
Now, I'm a big fan of Bose. They do – I love the fact that they always come up with some kind of new audio technology when they release a new product. It's not just a matter – I remember talking years ago to the guys at Bose, and they said, look, we just don't do a product every year for the sake of it. The only time we produce a product, update a product, is when we've thought of something better and new. And that's the case with the Smart Soundbar 900. So this incorporates Dolby Atmos. So whether you're using it to listen to music or watch movies, it does really take you to the next level. So it provides a much better experience. Now, what Bose has done here, what I really like about what they've done here is the fact that they've they've got Dolby Atmos on board, but, the, but Bose said, no, no, we're not going to leave it at that. We're going to use our own technology to make Dolby Atmos even better. And by that, I mean they're using their spatial technologies to separate the audio. So they're going to have instruments and dialogue and effects and place them all around the room. So they're going to sort of go even harder with the Dolby Atmos. So the soundbar can then place and pin distinct sounds to the right and left. And where there's no speakers in the room, in that part of the room, that's what they're going to do with this new technology. So uh, it, it can also create the overhead sound. So that's part of Dolby Atmos. So imagine uh, the best way to explain it would be, imagine a scene where there's a helicopter hovering overhead. That's where you'll hear the sound coming from above you. The other thing you do too as well, if say there's action happening something coming past you, say past you on the left, past you on the right. Uh, it, it's not just going across the screen where you'll hear the sound, that directional sound. It'll be around in all directions. So not just in front, but also someone could be going from the back of the room to the front of the room on your left side. You'll hear that as well. And that's how distinct the Bose Smart Soundbar 900 can become to create that sort of effect. Uh, even non-Dolby Atmos content can even be better. So it'll it'll take care of the horizontal effect. So that'll look after your left, right, your traditional surround. But Bose's true space technology can look after that vertical experience as well. So it'll even with non-Dolby Atmos, it'll create, it'll remix the signals to add a bit of height to the sound without the need to have a ceiling mounted speaker. Now on the base side also gives you solid performance using their quiet port technology. And the one thing about Bose speakers and their headphones for that matter, play them at high volume. You're still getting all the bass, you're still getting all, all that great sound, but very, very little distortion. The other great feature too is Adapt IQ technology. So if you place this smart soundbar in your room, it will optimize it to sound great depending on, say, the furnishings of the room, where you've placed it. So it'll take all of that into account and come up with the optimal output. So it still sounds great. No matter what sort of furniture, whatever's around it, it'll work it out. Now, in terms of dimensions, this is the Smart Soundbar 900 is just 5.8 centimetres tall. It's 10 centimetres deep and it's 104 centimetres long. Now, at that size, it will fit under any TV 50 inches or larger because that's the ideal spot to put a soundbar. If you say you've got, a, you've got a, an entertainment unit and it's sitting, the TV is sitting on the entertainment unit, the Bose soundbar if it's 50 inches or above, will slide in just underneath the frame so that it's not taking up any extra room. So it's really positioned perfectly. So uh, I think really smart that they've made it. It's pretty compact. It has an oval-shaped design 
and a wraparound metal grill as well. So it uh, looks pretty nice as well. You should check out the pictures on Tech Guide also. Uh, it also connects with one cable, thanks to the HDMI EARC. ARC stands for Audio Return Channel. So it's one cable to connect the soundbar to your TV, and then you can control it with your remote, all that stuff, change the volume, all of that stuff, all through one HDMI cable. Now, there's also uh, Wi-Fi and Bluetooth on board. So if you want to, say, buy Bluetooth, you want to pair your phone, your tablet, you can be streaming music through this thing, even when the TV's not on. If you've got Wi-Fi, then you may even be uh, bringing in Google Assistant or Amazon Alexa for that added voice control as well. The Bose Smart Soundbar. It's the Smart Soundbar 900, which replaces... And this makes sense. Replaces the Bose Smart Soundbar 700 in the lineup. So out with the 700, in with the 900. Uh, it's going to be retailing at one thousand three hundred and ninety nine ninety five. It goes on sale on April 11. Now, there is an image of the soundbar. There's a subwoofer and rear speakers. I'm assuming that all comes in the package for the soundbar 900, and that does include. It uh, does help with the with the surround sound and that virtual sound and all of that stuff that you think there's several speakers stacked around your room. There's only a few. There's only two or three. Pretty good. The Smart Soundbar 900. Uh, Bose releasing on April 11. You can pre-order it today if you like from bose.com.au. You can see the link to that on Tech Guide. Other selected retailers also taking pre-orders. Doesn't go on sale till April 11. Price is $1,399.95. And if you want to check it out, you can head over to techguide.com.au. You're listening to Tech Guide with Stephen Fennec. The Tech Guide podcast is proudly supported by Norton. They're the company that can keep you and your family safe online. Now, if you're an online gamer, you want the best performance while still helping to maintain your computer's security. And that's exactly what Norton 360 for Gamers offers. The patented game optimizer technology can help maximize gaming performance while still helping to maintain the level of security you've come to expect from Norton LifeLock. Game Optimizer can free your PC from power-hungry programs running in the background that eat up your system's resources, helping you get more performance out of your rig. Whether you're a hardcore gamer or just a casual player, Norton 360 for Gamers helps provide multiple layers of protection for your devices, game accounts, and digital assets. Norton 360 for Gamers also includes features that help protect against cyber threats, including malware and webcam takeovers. If you want to help ensure all the available computing power of your system is allocated to the game for maximum performance, while still helping to maintain maximum protection, then put Norton 360 for Gamers on your team. Listeners of the Tech Guide podcast will receive a 50% discount to a year's subscription of Norton 360 for Gamers by using the promo code TECHGUIDE when they visit au.norton.com forward slash techguide. All your tech questions answered. This is the Tech Guide Help Desk. The Tech Guide Help Desk is brought to you by our good mates at Belkin, belkin.com forward slash au. If you're after a MagSafe mount, MagSafe products, you want earphones, cables, power banks, plenty of stuff to choose from, belkin.com forward slash au. So this week, I, I often troubleshoot people's issues with their televisions, often on live radio. 
And the most common one is the the TV is connected via Wi-Fi or with a cable, and it's not it's still not working. The Wi-Fi is working, TV is not streaming. Is it getting the circle or whatever it happens to be? It, it ain't connecting. And sometimes, if this was your modem in your house and this was happening, the common thing to do would be to unplug the modem and plug it back in again and reboot it, reboot the modem. Did you know you can do that with your TV as well? The TV's modem. TV has a modem for it to connect to Wi-Fi to allow you to stream your content. Now, I do find that uh, in particular, for some reason, Samsung TVs – the, they do sometimes need have to have the network settings reset. This is basically giving the modem on board a reboot. So you're restarting it. And often you do have to type in the Wi-Fi password again. But 99 times out of 100, this does solve the issue. does also, I've seen it work with uh, Hisense TVs and LG TVs. They do have the re- reset network settings in, uh, in their features to allow you to basically reboot the internal modem so that you can connect once more. And if, if, you've, if you're hearing this for the first time, you, you're thinking, yeah, th- that there are times where the TV just doesn't connect. Uh, doesn't The Wi-Fi is working. I know it. I'm on my phone on the same Wi-Fi network. It's not working. TV doesn't seem to be picking it up, even though it is paired, uh, connected with the right password. That could be all you need to do. Research the network settings. And as I said, you will need to probably to locate the network. So go into the network settings, find the network, and type in the password once again. So that's something to keep in mind. If you are having these issues, it is pretty common. And look, the amount of stuff we're streaming nowadays, if something goes wrong on your TV, you're going to know about it. And we have come to the end of our show for this week. That went really fast. If you need to find out more, you can look it up at techguide.com.au. Everything we've spoken about is right there. And if you want to get in touch with us, we'd love to hear from you. Email us at info at techguide.com.au or easier would be to hit the Ask Stephen icon on the right-hand side of the, of the Tech Guide site and that will direct an email to me. We want to give a special thanks to our sponsors, Netgear, the brand you can trust for all your Wi-Fi needs, and also Norton, the company that can keep you and your family and your devices safe online. Thank you once again for listening. We look forward to giving you another show next week. So until then, stay safe and stay connected. 